Check the Fody Show. Check the Fody Shorty, yeah. Check the Fody Shorty, yeah. Check the Fody Shorty, why you acting all guided? This ain't a pot, this a party. Check the Fody Shorty, yeah. Check the Fody Shorty, yeah. Check the Fody Shorty, why you acting all guided? This ain't a pot, this a party. About 120 feet, 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 feet. Running game every week, week. About a hundred what they keep, 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 keep. Fantasies Egyptian sheeps, sheeps, sheeps. If there was only a way to test this, check this. Listen to the 40 for your next shift. Flexes, FF is what they obsess with. Checklist complete, I guess you can't best us. Rest of the fantasy community. Go ahead and book the L when they lose the me. It's nothing new to me, I'm just the dude you see. Biggest difference is I listen regularly, yeah. I will not. Check the forty shorty, yeah. Check the forty shorty, yeah. Check the forty shorty, why you acting all gaudy? This ain't a pot, this a party. Check the forty shorty, yeah. Check the forty shorty, yeah. Check the forty shorty, why you acting all gaudy? This ain't a pot, this a party. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy Forty Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to use the promo code 40. Get a few days of free advanced stats at Expand the Box Score. Uh, we are finally getting into it, Walk. 2022 season is completely wrapped. We are done. Our hands are washed of it. It is now time to do what all Dynasty owners do. Time to get into the 2023 rookie class. So this should be... Kind of exciting. This is just our, our intro, kind of see where we are with some people, introduce uh, listeners to some names if they're unfamiliar yet. But before we get into it, how are you and where do you want to start? Yeah, I'm doing great, John. Thank you for asking. This was a, well, well, a welcome change into the 23 season as I certainly wanted to leave last year behind me as quickly as possible with the the end uh, of the season kind of disappointment, but oh, yeah. yeah, this is, this is exciting times. You know, this <laughs> is when we do the, the annual switch from our kind of redraft seasonal focus to the dynasty. This is, this is kind of our wheelhouse. So exciting. You know, it's, it's exciting to dive into these rookies. I play a little Debbie, but not a ton. So, you know, names are familiar to me, but I don't, you know, I don't play any like campus to can or any of that stuff. I'm not a big college football advocate. So it's, I don't follow a program. So it's not like these, these are household names for me. So this is like, this is enjoyable of, of digging into their tape, looking at their, you know, in their combines and their senior bowls and all that type of stuff to really get an idea for these guys as they come onto our dynasty rosters. Yeah. I, um, I've been writing, I don't know, last six weeks or so I've been doing a, mock draft off-season mock draft series for DLF. So some have been rookie drafts, some have been NFL mocks, some have been startup drafts with the rookies mixed in. So I have seen a bunch of the names. I've been doing some digging a little more and more each week. So 
I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get a feel for it. Um, well, Combine starts this week, doesn't it? 23rd, a couple of days, if I'm not mistaken. I think we're close. Probably I think it's prob- probably something we should know. Um, the 28th, so it'll be next week, next Tuesday, a week from today. <clears throat> so, yeah, seven days out. So, it, and that's where I really start. I mean, I, I do like the Senior Bowl. I like seeing, you know, some of the, the, the highlights online. But I start getting a feel for guys um, at the Combine, especially wide receivers, just – and running backs to a lesser extent, but just seeing it, a big thing to me is just fluidity and how guys do certain stuff and how they move. So I, that's when I really kick it into high gear when I decide who I think sucks already <laughs> and I'm ready to write off and who, you know, opens my eyes a little bit. So we got that coming up. That's always fun. And we'll see how much it changes the rankings after that, but we're into it. Which, which position you want to get started at? Well, listen, I don't say this begrudgingly. Let's just get quarterback out of the way here. I mean, sure. Is the penultimate position, and there's a lot of debate with uh, some of these guys, and we're in mostly a super flex uh, world at this point. Even some I, – I play in some legit two QB leagues, which – you know, place the premium on the QB position, which is quote unquote the most important position in all of sports. So we'd be remiss if we don't start with those quarterbacks. And there's not a lot of dissension in our ranks, John. And we actually have the same five, um, one through five in the same order, you know. So there's not really a lot for us to talk about early on. And those names are <clears throat> CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and then Hendon Hooker. Was there any of these guys you wanted to talk about in particular or where you rank them or anything of you know of significance here? I mean, landing spot's going to dictate a lot. We anticipate the first four guys will be first-round NFL draft picks. So I assume that's probably why we both had them ranked in those orders. Bryce Young, for me, got dinged a little bit because of his height, and I do think that matters. And then Anthony Richardson for me was three because purely off of the athletic upside that he possesses. Um, so uh, truth be told, Stroud and Young, I copy and pasted directly from you because I don't. To me, they're the the you know kind kind of the same. Someone's going to probably go, assuming the Bears trade out. One of them is going first. I can't see the other one falling later than four. It's going to be NFL team preference there. I'm not a giant fan of either, to be honest. Um, and, you know, we talk about this every year. My, my rankings will swing quite a bit based on a, a few things at the combine then obviously following the draft. But <clears throat> if you're t- talking pure upside, don't be surprised to see Richardson as my number one at some point in this offseason process. I just think he, he's got a, a you know a Cam Newtony Josh Allen-y quality. He he can he may suck. He could be terrible too. But he he does have that tremendous upside if he can get his passing game even moderately fixed. And obviously, a team that's going to take him early, you're going to assume is going to put the resources into helping him develop as a passer. What he brings with his legs and athleticism. Nobody else, in my opinion, does in this class. He's got, you know, I I think he could be Cam Newton or Josh Allen and be a potential top five fantasy scorer. So he's going to be potentially my, you know, he can only go from three to one. So I I say biggest mover, but I mean, it it is significant for quarterback. Hooker, I, I like, but he's a little older coming off this knee injury now. So 
where's he going to land? What kind of opportunity is he going to get? I, I think he gets dinged. If he was healthy, I would probably have him over Levis just again for the upside and, and, and Levis. I, I've read a lot of stuff online and watched a couple of videos where people are like, uh, this guy's the most polarizing guy in the class. So just because he's healthy, I have him above hooker. Makes sense. And where I'm at on the Stroud versus Bryce Young thing, if Bryce Young was 6'3", 218 pounds, he'd be my no doubt uh, quarterback one. I mean, the unfortunateness of it, he's listed as six foot 194, and I don't think there's a chance in hell that he is either of those things. He is clearly sub six foot, and I think he's significantly below 194. Even if he comes in weight anywhere near that, he's already been on record saying he's like, his focus is to put on weight right now. Um, because he wants to at least weigh in <clears throat> at a significant. I think he was probably playing in the 180s um, uh, during college, and he he took his fair share of hits and got up. I just I have concerns about an undersized quarterback in the NFL. And while he is mobile, he's not you know athletic mobile. And you know for, for like the Kyler Murray comparisons because of body type, he he doesn't have that frame. And look at many injuries Kyler Murray has already yeah. sustained uh, at this point in time as a running quarterback. Bryce Young can avoid pressure, but he he doesn't bring that <laughs> rushing upside that like a Kyler Murray does, where I can just <clears throat> look you know not not factor in the size. So Stroud is just the prototypical pocket quarterback, 6'3", 218, great arm, accurate. But there's also, you know, I still scout the helmet a little bit with Ohio State, and sure. they have a rich history of shitty quarterbacks in the NFL. So um, does Alabama. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Alabama, yeah, Alabama does too. Very true. Um, we at least have some recent examples of slightly better play. I mean, Tua – was looking good this season before the unfortunate concussions. Jalen Hurts was a starter at Alabama at one point before transferred yeah, to uh, and Mac Jones, you know, who's a competent starting quarterback. He's not electrifying, but you know, at least more recent Alabama quarterbacks have been productive. Now, listen, Ohio State has Justin Fields, who you know I was high on last year, and I, I hope the Bears don't make the wrong decision and, and trade him in favor of any one of these quarterbacks. There's personally. no way, right? Let, let's put Justin Fields in this class. I don't like Justin Fields. He's QB one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were not a Fields guy. Um, I was in, in last year's class. Did not think the rushing upside was quite to the level. It actually was in the NFL. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> by that, but I did like the player. Um, I still think he's a few years away from any type of significant fantasy upside because I don't know that that rushing is sustainable um, for him. And there's still multiple offensive weapons away from being a competent offense. But yes, I mean, as far as the player is concerned, yeah, he would be QB one in this class. Yeah, for me, so I, I don't, I don't see the Bears. <clears throat> I think that's all. I mean, the Bears, the Bears are in a position where they're picking one and they are not in need of a quarterback. So I think. You know, there there is a certain level of gamesmanship where these teams have to start <laughs> being completely full of shit and blowing smoke, you know, up everyone's ass and, and giving all these, yeah, we're going to trade this guy. We're willing to do this because they have to create a market. You know, they, they want to trade out of that spot, but they need to sweeten the pot so teams want to pay more to get there. Yeah, yeah, they they have to play the game. Um, you know, I still think first pass on on uh, Ryan Poles. You know, all I keep saying is that he traded the thirty second overall pick for Chase Claypool. So I'm I'm not 
<laughs> maintaining that yep. an unreasonable level of confidence in, in this gentleman's ability. He knew they were going to be a bad team. He knew that pick was in the top 35 when he traded it. He yeah. was absolutely certain of that. And he said, <laughs> I would like to try and rent Chase Claypool for you know a couple months. I know that he's still under contract, but for, for the year, rather than infusing another young asset that's on a similar contract as Chase Claypool was a second round pick to kind of grow with uh, Justin Fields. It's a very questionable decision <laughs> in my opinion. So if I was a Bears fan, I wouldn't be feeling tremendously happy um, <clears throat> with what type of haul he can get here. I also don't know that there's like a clear cut QB one in this class. Like we just said it you know, in this conversation. So how hungry are the Colts to trade up? You know, there's, there's rumors that Seattle at five could, you know, cause it's pretty much a free pick for them. You know, do they draft Geno Smith, you know, heir apparent in this draft? Well, shit, they could probably stay at four and five and get a similar type project unless they're like totally sour on Richardson or Levis. So why go up to one unless you believe no. that Bryce Young is literally a, you know, transcendent talent, you know, that his size doesn't matter because I think he's the only guy that you move up for, even though we both have Stroud ranked higher. I just think Stroud possesses probably a little bit more sustainability <clears throat> in the NFL is why I have him at one right now. But draft capital will change a lot of this. So where, you know, who wants to move up to one? I think this is a bad year to have the 101 when you don't, when you have your quarterback in place. If if Richardson blows the doors off the combine, I, I could see a, a world where he starts squeaking into that top five pick talk. Yeah, I mean he's maddeningly <clears throat> maddeningly inconsistent, but he's like dripping with potential. So I can see it. I mean, because he has a cannon arm, he has the athleticism, he does have touch, but he's also inconsistent um, with like his ball placement and everything. So. Can can that be fixed? Maybe. I mean, it sounds like a lot of what people were saying about Josh Allen. I was just going to say, and this is verbatim, word for word, what everyone said. And the funny thing is, at the time, I hated Josh Allen. I was like, you're never going to fix that consistency. So the fact that that did, and he's been a pretty high completion percentage guy, is the only reason I have Richardson high. And like I said, I, I there's a world where I could bump him up to one. If we go back just a couple of years, he's probably locked in at my number five spot with no potential to move up because we just hadn't, prior to Josh Allen, we just hadn't seen anyone suddenly become a completion percentage guy at the NFL level. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of broad side of the barn references, I b- recall, from you <laughs> during those podcast days <laughs> with Josh Allen, and it was a problem. You know, so I I don't I don't begrudge you. He wasn't my QB one in the class either. But you know, there's a there's scenarios where if, it, if they put it all together, shit, yeah, then he you know clearly Josh Allen would be the QB one in this class, right? I mean, it's it's easy to sure. put those, you know, after we see in the NFL. So I mean, Richardson is the only one that has that real dual threat capability in this draft. You know, there's other guys that are mobile, um, but not athletic runners with the football you know there's guys that can pick up first downs there's one that can extend plays and stuff like that um but no no there's he's the only dual threat quarterback really uh worth a shit in this class so after him then you know we really didn't talk about will levis or hooker um you know unfortunately hooker with the acl he is an older prospect but supposedly at the senior bowl like everyone loved hendon hooker it just seemed like he's 
you know, he, he's intelligent, well-spoken, loves the game, you know, type thing where if, if he can get healthy, he, he's going to be a steal for some because he's not going to be a first-round pick. He'll be probably a second-round pick for someone that they can sit for the year as he rehabs and stuff like that, but he is also going to be an older prospect when it's all said and done. So you can't wait too long on him. I and, think he you falls know, who will third. want to really use a second-round I think he falls at that. I mean, anything's unless, possible. Unless, um, the, the only way I see him go to the second is if, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, Seattle having these two firsts and being a luxury pick. I could see Seattle going, you know, whatever defensive line and then whatever fuck else they think they need with their other first rounder. And then in the second, because they, you know, if they know Geno's coming back, they got him on a two-year deal. Hooker's not going to play for a year. The plan is to play Hooker and. If my math is correct, 2025. So, or, or no, it'd be 2024. But you, you get what I'm saying. I, I could see a team who needs a quarterback who goes a different direction in the first, maybe pulling the trigger in the second because they didn't in the first. Like the, the Colts, Colts are another potential landing spot, but, you know, they have nothing for this year still. But I, that's, otherwise, I think if people kind of play it by the book, I see him going in the third. Yeah, I mean he he'll he'll be day two. Yeah, that's I think it goes without saying. He's not going to be drafted in the first round. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, he's already twenty five years old and you know has the ACL that the that occurred late in the the season for Tennessee. So if he's not playing this year, you know we're we're already talking about a twenty six year old you know guy on the second year of a four year deal. Who's that old guy? I think with the Oklahoma State that the Brandon Whedon. Yeah, Brandon. Yeah. He's the yeah. Brandon Whedon of this year. Yeah. Well, listen. At least Brandon Whedon went and played professional baseball before he <laughs> uh, went back and played college football. I don't know what um, Hendon Hooker's deal is transferring, or you know, was he red shirts, or how how he is a twenty five year old <laughs> prospect is a little um, beyond me. It's making me want to look at this. So he was a Virginia Tech transfer to Tennessee and somehow I guess he got a red shirt at Tennessee as well. So that's how that happens. He spent his first three years at Virginia tech. So he's a five year college uh, prospect that looks like he might've went into college a little early. Cause I mean, you're still talking 20 years old and you get to college then <laughs> if my math serves me correct, <laughs> 20 plus five is 25. So um, there's something to be said there, but uh you know, he, he, to me, is clearly five in the class. Will Levis, you know, polarizing, has a, you know, we've seen the videos on Twitter, right? The ball just literally explodes out of his hand. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. It looks like it's coming out of a jugs machine, for goodness sake. I mean, it's like literally just like perfect, like zip and rip. But, you know, the guy was also, you know, a 46 to 25 TD to interception guy in college. You know, he was at Kentucky. I mean, he's a Penn State transfer who, who couldn't get on the field. At Penn State, so transferred to Kentucky. You know, had some, you know, did some good things. He's an athletic guy, but you know, he's he's not a runner uh, by any means either. You know, and I hate that college does the sacks get you negatives, but he was a negative um, rusher in his in in this past season for uh, Kentucky. So that could speak some to his offensive line, but it kind of limits, you know, at least just a box score scouting, but seeing him kind of move around, he is, he is athletic, but I mean, a negative 107 yards on the ground uh, this past year at Kentucky, you know, he's, he's going to have to succeed with his arm as well. And, you know, there's, there's still a lot that, that needs to be done with Will Levis, who himself is also an older prospect. He is 23 years old. Um, I, I believe it at this point in time. So you now, the, you don't want to waste too much time with these older prospects, even though 
guys are playing into their late thirties and forties, but you know, these are their peak athletic years. So it's going to be interesting to see where Levis ends up landing. Based off of your description entirely, two, two names popped in my head. Listen, to you talk about Levis, Jeff George for us older guys and Jay Cutler. <laughs> mm. Oh, both that, that compared the, the moment listen to, yeah listen to like your listen to his stats and like guys that I imagine having those kinds of years that those are the two that popped in my head listen give me a smoking Jay Cuddy career and I'm in on Will Levis I mean he's was productive <clears throat> for a fair amount of time because of that cannon arm and he was just a, a joy <laughs> to to, to can, you know, to be able to gif about uh, from time to time. So <laughs> give me, give me a of Jay Cutler for, for Will Levis. But yeah, I mean, the range of outcomes is, is there. So beyond them, there's, it's a mixed bag of guys that, you know, you went Hayner, Duggan, McKee, Hall, Toon. I went Hall, McKee, Duggan, O'Connell, Toon. Um, Jaron Hall, terrible at the senior bowl. Um, but every quarterback was terrible at senior bowl, but he's athletic. Literally the only reason he's at six for me, because I'm really not holding out hope for any of these guys. Tanner McKee's like the prototypical gets off the bus quarterback, but underperformed at Stanford. Max Duggan, you have seven, I have at eight. I mean, he's just like that gamer um, that, that gets it done. I mean, but he was in the Heisman conversation this year. He had TCU in the title game, although they got their doors blown off. I do think he's going to get, uh, significant enough draft capital. Um, he's probably I can gonna see make a, a roster. World, I can see a world where someone gets him on day three. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the type of guy I'm looking at. I mean, listen, we're not talking about Stetson Bennett, right? I'm, I'm at day two. Max. I'm sorry, I'm at round three. Okay. I was gonna say he's definitely gonna get three again. Yeah, you know, we're talking about Max Doug, and we're not talking about Stetson Bennett, who just went back to back national championships. And you know, if if I had to describe him, he'd be that still like overachiever and that's exactly what max duggan is i just think max duggan's a better football player <laughs> than than stetson bennett is so that's why he made it there for me but draft capital is going to determine all of these guys and then the guy that we both have at 10 who's interesting is is clayton toon who threw 70 touchdowns the last two years at, at houston but that's that's kind of houston right and he's a five-year player himself just you know i i think he's interesting um, but another guy that kind of disappointed, um, in the, in the senior bowl. So there's really no one after Hendon Hooker that I care about. I mean, there's no one that's going to surprise, um, honestly. Yeah. So even in Superflex, I'm, I'm not, I'm not using any significant rookie capital in, uh, in these guys. Um, but they're just, they're just names to know at this point in time. So. Anything else you want to say about any of those guys down no, there? No, I mean, I, I'm with you. None, none of these guys are really even <clears throat> on my radar. Superflex, you got a big taxi squad, and you got extra fourth and fifth round rookie picks. You just want to stash them because we've seen, you know, guys like Skylar Thompson and off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody else. But we've, we've seen a couple of these rookies or second-year guys get a chance to get on the field due to injuries and and, and various other reasons. So, Superflex, you got picks you don't want to, you know, as we go through these other positions, you don't want to just waste on some random seventh round wide receiver. You could do worse than stashing a guy who's, you know, literally an injury away from getting three starts that you could trade or use. But yeah, I'm with you. Exactly. I mean, these yeah. are all guys. If they start and there's a market, trade them. 
right? There's, there's, there's no Brock Purdy's in this group. <laughs> you know, a guy that was super successful in college and went day three in the NFL draft that two injured his way into a start that now has some uh, dynasty value, you know, depending on what the San Francisco 49ers do next year. Yeah. That guy's that guy's not here. Unfortunately, so far too long on the quarterback. Way too much. So what we're going to do? Yes, we're accelerating. We're accelerating. (laughs) I saw you already on the sheet. So let's accelerate (laughs) through the tight end position at this point in time. Um, There is a little uh, dispute um, here. We both have Mayer up top. I think he's probably the consensus um, tight end one in this class. Just a developed, all you know, well-rounded tight end. Um, He's going to go in the first round uh, of. NFL of the NFL draft by, I mean, he's mocked there consistently. I would be surprised if he doesn't go there. And, you know, we, we have a tight end spot. We got to draft tight ends. And <laughs> me and John happen to love tight ends. So that's not a bad thing. After that, I have Dalton Kincaid two. You have Dalton Kincaid three. So not a lot of debate there. You have Darnell Washington at two. I have down at six. Um, I'm curious as to why you have Darnell Washington at two right now. Is it just where he's, being mocked as far as drafts are concerned or do you so, see yeah a lot of it we talked about you know draft capital when we're doing quarterbacks writing these articles for um dlf and i've done a lot used nfl mocks in a bunch of it he's been mocked in the first and more than one nfl mock so assuming the nfl feels that way about him just based on draft capital alone he's going to see his stock rise for fantasy purposes yeah, I I don't doubt that. Um, I've seen a few instances where he was mocked there as well. Now, this man is six foot seven, two hundred and seventy pounds. Giant monster. Um, it's it's insane um, <laughs> how big he is, um, and the fact that Brock Bowers was at Georgia and that Darnell Washington was still involved in the passing game, you know, is, is impressive as well. Now this guy is like truly like an extra offensive lineman that can catch the football. So I think that's the NFL value for him is that he's going to be so valuable in the run game and he's not a liability as a passer. I just don't see huge upside with him. But at the same time, if he's a guy that catches six or seven touchdowns a year, he's, that's he's, the thing. Yeah. He's with playing him. with the low end tight end one. With, with that size, just being in the red zone, I mean, who are you gonna you gonna put your fucking nickel corner on him? <laughs> Good luck, sir. Yeah, even, you know, even your your yeah, well, well, bigger linebackers. It's 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 he's a mismatch nightmare. Yeah, and and I do not dispute that whatsoever. <laughs> um, you're gonna have to figure out Darnell Washington, right? But he's also the type of guy that can end up having like 300 receiving yards on the year with those six touchdowns. Sure. Yeah. You know, just like, just it, he's, he's huge boomer bust every week, touchdown production. So I just, I just have a little concern about him. I like my tight ends to profile is pass catchers first blocker second. I want them to be able to block, right? Cause they're going to be on the field, but I want their primary skill to be pass catcher. And that's what Dar- knocked <laughs> okay. Darnell Robin, Darnell Washington down for me to six. So, 12 touchdowns and 18 receptions. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, that's, there's a world. I mean, the, the man is a mountain. I mean, he's literally like the prototype tight end that uh, the Colts have been gunning after for the last couple of years. Right? Yeah. 
from Mel Alley Cox to uh, I see his face, but his name's escaping me. He starts with a J. He was the the giant tight end from last year. Um, what's his name? Jelani Woods. Jelani. Yeah, I knew it started with a J. Yeah, I mean that that's 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 their type. <laughs> Just a massive mismatch at the tight end position. So if if he lands in the right spot, sure he could he could climb up. Um, interesting case study with how tremendously large that human being is so after him you have laporta and craft four and five i have craft laporta four and five so no real debate there the one that kind of comes out a little bit is you have musgrave down at six and i have him up at three so that's kind of the our difference in our top six is is really where we have musgrave and washington so is there a reason why you have musgrave where you have them or just haven't really looked into the player yet um, so, and, and we'll probably end up having this exact same conversation at, at wide receiver for sure. And at running back too, I think there's another guy. I just, <clears throat> it's not a knock on him. I like the other guys more. So unfortunately he, he fell down. I mean, it's kind of, a Myers one and these other guys, it's, it's two ABC D and E for me. So I, I like him. I just, you know, I, I mentioned the draft capital at Washington. That's why he's where he is. Kincaid's good. Laporta, you mentioned at quarterback, kind, kind of the, the helmet sells me on him. I, all these Iowa guys have been mm-hmm. good in the NFL. I like Tucker Craft. Him and Musgrave are, you know, kind of in that same tier behind those other guys, but they, they're all interchangeable. If Musgrave looks good at the combine, he can, he could be up to number two, but Right now, I just prefer the other guys. It's not really a ding on him more than a thumbs up for the other four guys I have ahead of him. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm buying uh, athleticism (laughs) here. I mean, the production was not there, but that was largely a product of Oregon State. But he has the frame. He's one of the bigger tight ends. He's at 6'6", 255, um, has the athleticism reported 4.5140. I think his combine is going to be eye-opening. For a lot of people, um, you know, and the the counting stats will kind of fade away as far as Luke Musgrave is concerned. But I'm right there with you. I mean, draft capital carries a lot of weight, um, you know, for these tight ends because they typically do take a little while to develop. So the higher the capital, the more commitment that a team has in them. So right there with you. After them, no in particular order, we have Will Mallory, Josh Weil, Cameron Latou, and Jaleel Billingsley, who Jaleel Billingsley is – more like a big wide receiver than I think you would qualify as a small tight end. I mean, listed at six four two seventeen. I mean, there's wide receivers in this draft that have the exact same measurables as him. So unless he intends to put on weight, I don't really see him sticking as a tight end, maybe being the move variety for him, but tremendously underperforming college resume. But, you know, he was a, a big time recruit for, for Texas as well. So I think he's probably just a placeholder for the two of us right now. It's going to be real interesting to see what he ends up being and what type of draft capital he gets in the NFL as well. Anything from the lower guys? No, uh, Mallory, I kind of gave the the bump to like I did with Laporta. We've seen, not in recent years, but Miami has a pretty good track record of production at tight end in the NFL. So I, that's why I put him above the other guys. But other than that, um, you know. No, nothing nothing much to add. I didn't know shit about Billingsley. He was my number 10 because that was the last <laughs> name I had, and he was your 10, so I <laughs> copy and pasted. <laughs> he, he's, the, he's the one, not coincidentally, I know the least about in this group. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's un- 
fortunate. Um, you know, I think he was supposed to be a lot more than he was uh, at Texas. So who knows? I mean, he could be another guy that just kind of falls off the the map if he if he doesn't test well. I mean, I can't see how he doesn't test well. Um, he's going to be fast because of his size. But who was that one? Uh, the Texas A and M tight end from last year, who was like a I think he was like a Mackey Award finalist, and then he ended up going undrafted because his combine was such shit. Oh, uh, he went to the Bills. Um, he's he's on the Bills right now, but that he, guy, he was a he was a Debbie stash for years. Huge, yeah, and he stopped his name dropped like a rock. Um, he was a guy I I kind of like too. I got to think about it. Texas A and M. If you want to get to the next position, I'll find him. Tight end last year. Can we do it? Is it going to come up? Uh, yeah, you, Jalen Weidermeyer. There he is. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that dude dropped like a brick. You know, when he had like a negative vertical and he ran like five plus 40 or something like that. It was a, uh, that was a that not was a, good. That was a premier Debbie stash. Yeah. Oh, that he, guy was, was a, he, he was like, whew. yeah, yeah, five, I'm pretty sure a five star. So, who knows? Not not to say that's Jalen Billingsley, but no, I just think of underwhelming college prospect. And Billy or Weidemar wasn't even that underwhelming. I think he had like multiple eight touchdown seasons. He just somehow did it without being athletic whatsoever. So that just isn't going to fly in the NFL. So, all right, I'm going to let you pick running back or wide receiver. Uh, running backs shorter. Let's get that out of the way. Okay. Um, no real debate at the top. B. John Robinson one, Jameer Gibbs two. Um, I, I think that's how they'll be drafted as well. Um, I think there's a world where Bijan could be a first round pick. I do not see that happening for Gibbs, but J- Gibbs will be a second round pick, um, in my opinion, uh, in NFL draft. So they'll both have the capital and and the production to justify the one two seeding, in my humble opinion. And then slight difference in which Zach is number three, um, but I'm going <laughs> to give the edge to my guy, Zach Charbonnet, only because you have Charbonnet at four. So we'll just talk about you know the. The UCLA um, product, who was a transfer from Michigan, if memory serves me correct, prototypical size, 6'1", 220, and production um, during his time in college. He was there for a significant period of time, so I believe and he's another one of these guys that would qualify as an older prospect, but I also believe that he's going to get uh, day two capital, You know, should be a second, worst case, third round draft pick in the NFL drafts, and you know, can be a three down back, which is something we still covet. Um, at the end of the day, he's only, he's 22 years old. So not, not super old. And we really only care about these guys for four to five years. So it's really their first contract anyway, um, where they maintain viability. So I do think he'll get the capital as well. But Zach Evans is also an intriguing prospect who you had at three. Why do you have Zach Evans at three? I just, I mean, I just like his tape. I just like watching him run. I think he's a good running back. And and Charbonnet, Charbonnet got the the downgrade because as a, as a Michigan fan and watching these guys make it to the NFL and short of Tim Biakabatuka making me sick every year, uh, mm. I, I just you know look looking at the the former helmet in his case, j- just knowing which guys from what schools have underperformed historically, he he gets a little ding and and you wonder why he didn't come out a year ago. Yeah. Um, I, I question as well. I mean, listen, uh, NIL could have a lot to do with why well, we're going to, we're going to have this ago. conversation year and year and from, from now on. Yeah. Why is this yeah. guy not going pro? Well, cause he's making $2.3 million in college. 
Yeah, exactly. Why, why would he, you know, um, because you can have fun in college without everything that comes with the NFL and make similar <laughs> type money. So there's, 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 there's more justification now that these guys aren't in as much of a hurry to, to get to the NFL, but um, he's, he's now officially going to be playing in the NFL. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I college think is fun was, broke. Imagine what a good time you could have with a $1.3 million endorsement. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, cool. you'd have to, pri- you'd have to pry me out of college to, yeah. to get me <laughs> to go to the NFL at that point. I was like, I'm good. Can I red shirt? Is that an option? I mean, can we, what is, yeah. what is for another year. Yeah. You're the top QB prospect this year. I'm gonna come yeah. back. Can I be? Can I? Be, what did uh the graduate the graduate guys like Wilson? I'm gonna be a, a graduate fifth year guy. Yeah, I mean it's like for guys like Stetson Bennett, I get it, right? Because that dude just knows that like it's over for him now. Like, yeah, I'm gonna stay at Georgia as long as I can and win national titles and you know be the man on campus at Georgia, but. Yeah, for guys like, especially like a running back, right? Where you know, like your clock's ticking, right? Like you need to get the NFL as quick as you can. If you really think you're going to make any money, you you need to declare as early as possible. Get that, that yeah. rookie contract out of the way you know, and try and get to that second deal. So it's it's curious at best. Um, Zach Evans himself, not to get too deep into weeds on Zach Evans and, and Dynasty. You know, this dude was a huge prospect as well. Um, kind of got... I don't want to say marginalized. I mean, the dude was a thousand yard um, college producer in the 2022 season at Ole Miss when he transferred in, but he got Quinson, Quinshawn Judkins, um, true freshman that is now like <laughs> the Debbie darling um, <laughs> that kind of pushed him off to the side a little bit at Ole Miss. He did not see that happening when he transferred away from TCU, which is ironic, right? Because TCU now goes to the championship game in 2022, would have had a yeah. 10 of opportunity in front of him. But then there's, you know, there are some running backs on the TCU side that we'll be talking about in short order. So it's interesting, the running back landscape and how much it changed. Like I have Zach Evans at six, so I have no, no issue with where you have him. I just have him down a little further <laughs> than some other guys. We both – have Tank Bigsby in our top seven. I have him at four. You have him at seven. We both have Deshaun Devon A. Chain in our top six. I have him at five. You have him at six. So a name that everyone knows about, not a lot to talk about there. Um, there are you concerned? Does- and we're, we'll get into this more at wide receiver. What, what are your concerns with his size? I mean, that guy's H- lightning fast, and, and he's obviously not going to be a fucking three-down guy. I, I, You know, I would love – unfortunately, the Chargers already have someone. But, like, that kind of – Danny Woodhead, Austin Eckler, kind of goal line third down back would be awesome for him. But I, I don't know how many teams have a void where he would come in and be that guy right away. Yeah, I mean, you create voids for this guy, in my opinion. I mean, and he is undersized, but I mean, he's reportedly going to run in the four twos. I mean, this dude has the track speed. Everyone yeah. talks about it. Five nine, one eighty five. So he's not tiny. He's just small. If that. Yeah, makes any sense. I mean, you know, there's there's some guys in this class that are in like the 160 range. Uh, again, not you know even in the running back position. Um, I saw a running back who could run between the tackles in a chain as well. Um, it's not where he's going to make his hay, but I mean, this kid had almost 200 carries you know, in the SEC and was productive with it. Um, I just think he needs to land in the right spot where they're going to maximize him. He's yeah, he's not a 20 carry guy, but he can live in like the 10 carry, you know, five target world. 
and be super productive um, yeah, as far I, I, as PPR is concerned. It's just his landing spot scares the shit out of me because we see guys all the time that just land in a spot where we know on draft day that that's a bad fit. It's like if he mm-hmm. goes to if he goes to the correct <clears throat> spot, sky's the limit. You know, in, in a PPR world, sky's the limit for him. But yeah, you go to another team and they're like square peg in a round hole, and they're like, why can't this guy? <laughs> get it done against an eight man box on first from 15. You're like, you're killing me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't dispute it. I mean, this guy needs to play in space, right? And he needs to be game planned for um, get him the ball type thing. And there's a lot of those athletes in the NFL now that can live off limited touches, but he, he needs to be schemed because he'll never be a volume guy. But I just like the upside. Um, uh, of the player that he's worth it for me that he can still be in the five and he's only six for you. So, I mean, it's, it's not a tremendous fall, but it's not like he's going to go to the combine and all of a sudden measure in a five, 11, 200 pounds. I mean, it's just not, it's not a reality for him, but his game isn't predicated around that either. I mean, the dude is just going to be one of the fastest players in the NFL the second he steps on the field. Yep. And that's, there's, there's value in that. Um, uh, so, Away from them, you already went and just jumped the gun on J Spears and, and put him at five already, even though I'm pretty sure I'm the one that told you about him before the senior bowl <laughs> even happened. He's at 10 for me, so you know, I guess I got to play catch up on the, your senior bowl crush uh, at this <laughs> point in time. But, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get there on him. I mean, the kid, there's nothing to say. I mean, he's being talked about right now. Crazy athletic. He did some things at the senior bowl that just didn't even seem possible. Um, everyone that knows anything has seen it already. Just electric player, you know, two lane already getting the Matt Ford best since Matt Forte, which is saying something, but it's also not because there really hasn't been anything since Matt Forte <laughs> at, at two lane. So it's almost a <laughs> foregone conclusion that he's the best since uh, Matt Forte. So you have him at five. And then rolling down a little bit, we're going to go to my seven, Dwayne McBride from UAB. You do not have Dwayne McBride ranked. In your top, it, it, intentionally, <laughs> not so. not a clue who he was. I saw you had his name here. I I never heard of him. Didn't see any tape, so I I omitted him because uh, anywhere I put him would have been dishonest. I don't know about him. He is uh, on my little piece of paper here. Names that I have to do more research on. Yeah, I mean i I just think he's going to get. Decent enough draft capital on what I've seen. He was productive at UAB as a runner. Didn't get a lot of opportunity as a pass catcher, but I don't think he's incapable of being a pass catcher. So I think there's more upside with him, Um, but I did like him as a runner. Um, And he's a violent runner, has a little bit of James Robinson in, in, in my opinion. And I think he's going to get probably early day three, draft capital, um, which I think a lot of these guys are actually going to get early day three draft capital, but he's maintaining that seven spot for me right now. We'll roll through a couple more that don't really need to be debated. You have Sean Tucker at eight. I have Sean Tucker at nine. You have Kendra Miller at nine. I have Kendra Miller at eight, the aforementioned TCU running back. Um, I have Tajay Spears, like I said, all the way down at 10. Uh, We already discussed where you have him. You have Roshan Johnson at 10. I have Roshan Johnson at 12. Again, nothing really to debate. I I like the 
the tape, he was just took a backseat to the best running back in this class, a guy that they're already saying is generational. <laughs> but Roshan Johnson is 6'2", 225. This is a grown man. He came, to, he came to Texas as a quarterback and converted to running back. So he gets the game as well. I mean, I, I just think he's a guy that's going to surprise a lot of people with how productive he can be, again, if he lands in the right spot in, in the NFL draft. And and you mentioned the, the QB conversion. I, I like giving those guys a little bump up, like you mentioned, just just having a better understanding. I mean, who knows? Maybe he was dog shit, and that's why he's not a quarterback anymore. But, you know, you're, you're assuming he's got a better, as a running back, looking at the defense and going, oh, this guy's probably going to go here. This, You know what I mean? His ability to probably read the defense as a running back and know where his hole's going to be or not be or where there's going to be some gaps in there for him to run to, I think is good. And being behind Robinson, he's not, not a heavily used guy. And it, as much as, you know, people talk about that, that, you know, how many carries in high school and college and NFL and how many touches has this guy had? He, he's, he's a very lightly used guy. He's one of my favorite guys. I, I have him at 10, but I, I can imagine a world where he starts moving up big time for me. If he looks good at the combine and, especially if he falls in a great spot. Agreed. And he's another guy where it's like teammates love him. He's like a team leader too. You know, there's, he's just like that guy, you know, he's, he's going, he's going to make a team. He's going to endear himself to the coaches. He's going to get opportunity to your point. His, his career, his season high in carries was only 123. And I was back in his freshman year in 19. Oh. So, I mean, extremely lightly used, but you know, uh, you know, never averaged less than 5.2 yards per carry, had between five and seven touchdowns every season, has a 23 catch uh, season on his resume, has the background as, you know, the quarterback, you know, has the body type to last as a running back. And there's even some reports here that he's going to run in the high three threes, low, I'm sorry, high four threes, low four fours. <laughs> three threes. Yeah. I mean, listen, yeah, <laughs> sign that guy. Um, you know, so. Going to be fast, you know, size adjusted. Athleticism is going to be a premium for Roshan. So, yeah, we both like him. He's both inside our top 12. We both have Kenny McIntosh at 11. I like Kenny McIntosh's game, um, but he's just another one of these guys where, you know, he could just fall into a situation where he is just purely an ancillary back where he'll just never get the volume to really creep up the the rankings. Um for me, but mm-hmm. I do like his tape. I mean, and he's six one two ten, so he has the body for it. But he looks more like the pass catcher. He looks more like James Cook. I mean, that's, that's, that's what <laughs> he looks like. That's exactly um, who I thought of. Yeah, not undersized, but it's how are they going to use him? I'm very interested to see what the Bills do. Um, Devin Singletary is a free agent at this point in time. They did they traded up, if I recall correctly, for Cook, but they don't really run a one back system in Buffalo. So will he be the one A now, and they'll bring in a one B, or will they bring in someone that handles the rushing down work and he stays in that one B role? I don't know. I mean that that could be Kenny McIntosh, where you want so much more from him because of his skill set, but the team that drafts him is just like, nah, we we don't agree with you. We're we're gonna keep him in this like eight to ten touch range per week. So he's a landing spot dependent guy for me. And I'm interested to see how he tests anything else from Macintosh. No. Yeah. It was funny. You said James cook. Cause I, I, I was thinking it, but I was like, eh, I don't want to just, yeah. I mean, it's Georgia back Georgia guy, but it is, I mean, yeah. but that's who you remind me of too. Yeah. Um, so outside of them, I mean, you as 
You have Izzy of Bonaconda at 12. I have him at 13. Um, like can I, can like I tell you how it. proud I am you hammered that name on the first try? Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. I, I've heard it a bunch. He's getting a lot of, you know, a lot of people <laughs> yeah. talking about him as well. So, you know, I, I practice it in the mirror uh, as well. I don't like butchering <laughs> these guys' names. So had to, had to get in and get out on him. Um, a, an easy name to to say. Eric Gray is a guy you have a 13, I have a 14. I mean, it seems like he's been in college forever, but he's a productive college player. I like Deuce him. Vaughn, you want to talk about Tiny. We we both have, you have Ooh. Deuce Vaughn at 14, I have a 15. 5'6", 176, and he is no bigger than that. Um, gets the, the Darren Sproles comparisons. You want to know why? Because Darren Sproles went to Kansas State, too. So that's tiny Kansas State running back, you know, but Deuce Vaughn is a, you know, proven pass catcher as well. S- super impressed um, with his durability, um, given his size in college, but that's just not going to play in the NFL. I mean, it just, it just won't. Um, he'll, he'll never be a volume player in the NFL, so we'll have to, again, hope that he lands somewhere where they use him as kind of that satellite back pass catcher. Um, are we, all are we just, and there's just it's, it's so unlikely that that happens. <laughs> that's what I'm – are we just being hopeful here? Like, I, I like him, but, yeah, once you, like, take a step back, take a breath, and you go, what – is the likelihood of a five foot six, 175 pound running back being week in, week out fantasy viable? It's got to be fucking close to 0%. So, like, even 15 is probably, I mean, I am higher than you. I'm 14. We're, I think we're, when you really think about it, I think we're just way too high. Like, the, I don't, I just don't see a, path to success for him even in a yeah, perfect I mean, spot yeah i don't disagree um he played in the big 12 which is notoriously poor at defense so the fact that he was such a volume back i mean he had 235 and 293 carries the last two years at kansas state they gave him the football <laughs> and he produced with it he also had 40 Wait. plus receptions each of the last two years so He's shown he can hold up to the workload, but that's Big Twelve is totally different from the NFL. So and who was remember the kid? I think he's the all-time leading rusher in college. Went to San Diego State, and I think he went to the Eagles. Yeah, he, uh, he, his name is escaping. I can see his little face. You know who I'm talking about? And I just knew he was never going to work. Yeah, yeah, undersized, had a shit ton of carries, never got hurt, and gets to the NFL, and it just isn't happening. And it's like. And prior to him, there was the kid out of, um, again, a name I won't remember, but the, the kid from Northern Illinois that had a shit ton of, of carries, and it may have even been top rusher when he left college. And I think he went to the Bears, maybe. I don't remember exactly. But, yeah, another guy it's great in college, undersized, gets to the NFL, and just whether he stinks or the team just doesn't trust him because they're little, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. The The point remains they didn't do anything with it. So I'm wondering if he needs to just kind of find himself outside of the top 20 just by default. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you with, with Deuce Vaughn. We were trying to project you know, ideal scenarios uh, at this point in time. But, you know, he was productive in college. Uh, I said, albeit in the Big 12, but handled a heavy workload. But there's no NFL team that's going to say, yeah, this guy can handle 20 touches per game. He's going to be an ancillary back. He's probably never going to see 10 touches a game um, at any point in his career. So we may still be chasing dreams even 
at the point we are. And I mean, at, at pick 50, at running back 14, 15, we're probably talking about like fourth round pick um, in, in rookie drafts. So the capital's not really too high on them. So you know, it should set the expectation, but I don't ever think there'll probably be a sell high opportunity for, for Vaughn. The stars would have to align. But beyond him, the guys I have, like a Chris Rodriguez, a Keaton Mitchell, a Tyon Evans, I mean, most of them were, were ranked there because they're pass catching options as well. And when I'm down that low, I'm not looking to find a guy that might be a 20 carry guy for two or three weeks. I'm sure. looking for a guy that might have sustained opportunity as a pass catcher. Um, but the one name I did omit, um, it's actually two names that I admitted that you have. One was Chase Brown, and he just absolutely bombed the the senior bowl and just looks like a college back through and through to me um, with Illinois. So I'm just extremely cold on Chase Brown. And Evan Hall, who I, I need to get into my ranks as well, as he was pretty productive at Northwestern in spite of the fact that Northwestern wasn't productive. So he's a name I'm glad you put there uh, for us to at least raise and um, – you know, get back on my radar because he should clearly be in the top 18 prospects uh, in in this class. So do you want to say anything about Evan Hall before you move to tight? Yeah, Hall, I didn't watch a ton of tape on, but he he was a name that I became familiar with doing a bunch of rookie mocks. He was somebody who seemed to keep being like the the next computer recommended guy. So I started looking more into him then. And Chase Brown wasn't a guy I've really liked much of. And then I started, he is probably cause I, you know, what am I going to watch tape on Robinson for? We know he's <laughs> number one in this class game <clears throat> pretty much locked in two. So there's very little knowing my limitations as a film watcher that I'm going to go, Oh, now I've seen something new here. So I, <laughs> I, I like looking at these guys we have out of that super high top tier chase Brown. Next time, if you watch something with him, think of Robert Smith from the Vikings. There's a little, like, there's a little thing to him where nothing's flashy. He's just kind of, to me, watching some clips of him and watching him play. There's something to him that I actually kind of like. I I can't put my finger on it. Just seems like a, you know. Nothing great, but doesn't doesn't do anything shitty either. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to cost himself a job. He's not going to blow anybody out of the water. But it seems like a a player who could get an opportunity, whether it's injuries or whatever happens with the team. I I could see him landing anywhere and getting himself on the field pretty consistently. I I kind of like him. You like him so much, you ranked him behind Deuce Vaughn. That's so much. I, I would just, like I said, the Deuce Vaughn <laughs> thought process has already been <laughs> it's been debunked yeah. at this point in time. Um, Evan Hall, yeah, 5'11, 210 pounds. Junior declare was productive um, the last two seasons at Northwestern. Um, even has a 55 catch season on his resume this past year, 55 for 546 and two. I mean, he, he was the entire wildcat offense. So I'm, I'm kicking myself for not being, not including him in in my initial list. So, so good for you on that. All right. On to the wide receiver position. We're going to try and be a little quicker here in the, uh, being conscious of time. So top three, you have Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, 
Quentin Johnson. I have Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison. Okay. Nothing to see here. It's pick your flavor. They are very different wide receivers from body types to, you know, the way they win and everything in between um, from the big bodied X and Quentin Johnson to the smooth route runner and Jordan Addison to the enigma that is Jackson Smith and Jigba. That was not intentional to do that, but he had a <laughs> massive season a year ago. He was befell by injury when he was supposed to pop this year. Everyone's already on record with the whole uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave saying that he was the best receiver um, at Ohio State that year, and that was a class that included not only those two guys, but also had Marvin Harrison Jr. there as well and uh, Emeka Abuka. So there's there's high praise being placed on Jackson Smith and Jigbo, but there's also some little bit of out of sight, out of mind. It's going to be interesting to see how he tests yeah. um, when it's all said and done. But I think he's a clear top three um, in this class, regardless. And we both have him too, you know. So it's a matter of is it is it Addison or Johnson? And again, totally different players. I think are both going to be first round draft picks when it's all said and done. So moving off of them, you had Jalen High at four. I have Jalen High at five. Um, I have Zay Flowers at four. I love Zay Flowers. You have Zay Flowers down at 10. Um, so we will have to talk about that. Keishon Butte, you have a five. I have a seven. Not a lot to see here. Michael Wilson, you have a six. I have at eight. He's a senior bowl guy. Doesn't show you have him there. Couldn't believe you had him <laughs> as high as eight. I thought this was going to be our big way higher, way lower. When I saw you had him at eight, I and, and still at this moment, I have a big smile on my face. Yeah, I, I like the player. Um, you have Jaden Reed at seven. I have Jaden Reed down at 15. I will be moving Jaden Reed up. He deserves to be above several names I have here. Jaden Reed will be in my top 12 before even the combine happens. This will be an adjustment um, in short order for, for Jaden Reed. Then you have Cedric Tillman at eight. I have him at 11. Again, the other Tennessee wide receiver. He's the bigger bodied guy at 6'3". You have Josh Downs at nine. I have Josh Downs at six, just a productive player at UNC. You finally get Tuesday Flowers at 10. Anything, you, you already mentioned the Michael Wilson and expected to be surprised there. I'm happy to uh, report that, you know, the shock and all factor isn't there. I knew you were going to have Jalen Reed, Jaden Reed very high. I already admitted I need to have him higher. Anyone else you wanted to talk about in that top 10? Real, I, I'm going to add Tank Dell which is my 11. You have him at 13. So Downs, Flowers, and Dell. Flowers, 5'9", 182. Downs, 5'10", 175. Dell, 5'10", which I don't believe, and 163, which <laughs> I may not believe that either. I Kind of, you know, opposite of, you know, we're talking about the size on some of the running backs being good. I... I as good as the Slim Reaper was in Philly this year, it's not a body type that, you know, we, we just did this with Deuce One. It's not a body type we've seen a ton of prolonged success from in the NFL. I, some people have Josh Downs. I, I've seen people saying he's the best receiver in this class. I, I, you're not – I would rather be wrong and not get them than be super high on them and get them – and watch them just get bullied by some of these giant corners or can't get open or fill in the blank of the reason they won't succeed too too slight. They're going to get banged up. I'm just this year. Uh, size has factored into a lot of these rankings for me more than in years past. I just don't want to be the guy holding the bag on these little guys when they disappoint. 
All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to test on a little bit here. Jordan Addison is six foot, one hundred and seventy five pounds. He's so at least he's at six. Well, look, he can. So you tell me two inches. Yes. Yeah. Is that where we're going here, John? <laughs> I mean, we'll because, see. You know, maybe he's got little alligator arms that that'll ding him if if, if you know whatever Josh Downs has big fucking albatross wings at him. So there, there's some wiggle room to this when the official measurements come in. But <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Jalen Hyatt's six foot one eighty. I mean, him and Addison are very similar looking. Jalen Hyatt's a burner. Uh, he's projected to run very fast, but there's so many little guys. I mean, yeah, six foot. I, I do agree is a reasonable threshold. You know, um, Zay Flowers being five nine, one eighty two is, is an issue. I mean, to your point, Nathaniel Dell is listed at five ten, one sixty three. He might be one sixty three. He ain't five ten. You know, no so, way. You know, there's there's going to be more to to come on these guys. But even another guy I like in Marvin Mims um, from Oklahoma. He's five eleven, one eighty four. I mean, this is just they're just it's more. It's more. It's possible. When I'm saying more possible, for these guys to produce in the NFL now, should it still factor in? A hundred percent. I agree. Um, which is probably why I still have Quentin Johnson listed at one because he's one of the few alphas uh, that can play X in this class. Because there's a lot of these smaller guys that profile more off the line would be great in the slot. But I mean, how many slot guys can you have? You know, Thirty-two. Like the NFL I mean, doesn't have any <laughs> already you know, at, at this point in time. I mean, so that's where you know when it's all they can really be, it's it's limiting, right? I mean, anyone that's going to get engulfed in press on the outside that has to live inside doesn't have a lot of outs, right? So I'm I'm with you there, um, but this is a smaller class, right? I mean, you look at a lot of these guys. I mean, there's only a few guys that are really over six foot 180 in the class. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not a lot. And I think, you know, obviously for rookie ranking purposes, you, you have to rank these guys. So you like one more than other, but I mean, there's a world where some years, different positions or the class as a whole just stink at the NFL level. I'm not saying that's the case here, but it is much as we, you know, it doesn't matter how we rank any of the guys. We have the top three is the same. So let's say four through 24, all wash out of the league in the next five years and aren't fantasy viable. It does happen. So, I mean, no matter where we rank them, they, they could all essentially be a giant pile of garbage when we look back in five years. The, the, this class as a whole doesn't, you know, the last two years, oh, everybody wait for the 2023 class. I, I'm not blown away by this group by any stretch of the imagination. Now, John, it's time to start putting out those trade for 2024 pick tweets <laughs> where we're at. I mean, it's that time of year that we're supposed to be doing that. I mean, yeah, because this class was supposed to, I mean, it was supposed to be an all-timer. I mean, this is when Jackson Smith and Jigba was supposed to be a revolution. I mean, shit, Keishon Butte was, was supposed to be being argued about as the wide receiver mm-hmm. one in this class. It is a good running back class. I mean, maybe Sean carrying the, the torch there, but it is a good class. And then quarterback, it's decent enough, and I do think it's a decent I don't, I don't agree. Class. Quarterback so sucks. Eh, it, listen, it's better than last year. Touche. Eh, so, I mean, it's – yeah, okay. It's, you know, I guess a realized class of, of 2022. Uh, I will already say this quarterback class is better than what well, we Well, real quick, seeing. just you mentioned last year's class, and just I have Addison. You brought up Addison, too. A year ago, Addison was so good, he turned Kenny Pickett into a first-round pick. And then last year, he was so good, he got – what's his name? Caleb Williams? 
the, the, the Heisman. So to me, Addison, I have bumped up because I think from what I've seen in the last two or three years, he has made his quarterbacks better. I don't think either one of those guys have the seasons they have without him as their top receiver. I, I mean, I'll push back on you on Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is pretty damn good. I mean, he's going to be the the one hundred and one next year. In, we we in, we're going to NFL draft. So, but, spoiler you know, alert: Kenny Pickett. I agree. I mean, I was ne- I was not enamored with Kenny Pickett to begin with. So uh, I'll, I'll give Addison that, but he certainly didn't hurt <laughs> Caleb Williams' production uh, at USC. Spoiler alert to our uh, a year from now, our 2024 show, we're going to have a yeah. big yeah. difference of opinion on Caleb Williams. But yeah. <laughs> okay. here we are, 2023. Where else do you want to go? So yeah, I went right. down to Till, 11 with Tank down. Who I love. I wish he was just bigger. I can't do it. I can't put him higher than that. I love when little guys get nicknames like that. It just makes me happy. Pretty funny, yeah. A, 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 a tiny agree. little human being goes by Tank. You know, uh, so, you know, when, when you, there is another tank in his class in Bigsby and that dude is like a tank, you know, uh, the way he's built. So, I mean, it's a, it's the dichotomy there, but you know, after that, there's a lot of, of guys. And we were talking about size. I do want to make note that Michael Wilson got ranked for me there, but not only because of his game, but also because of his size. I mean, I, I, it's a body type. I like Yeah, like Jackson Smith and Jig was perfect. Six, one, 200 that sign me up all day. When I see a wide receiver that has that body type, um, you know, and Michael Wilson, 6'2", 216. So there's there's not a lot of that in this class. Um, so it, a lot of these guys like Cedric Tillman, Xavier Hutchinson, you know, Jonathan Mingo are kind of similar body type guys. Dontavian Wicks, who we both have there, um, you know, they if they last, it's because they're exes in the NFL. So, I mean, these, those guys are going to be hit or miss. Um Cedric Tillman was supposed to be the guy in Tennessee and ended up being Jalen Hyatt. You know, so I do have modest expectations for him. You have him in eight, I have him at 11. He's, he's in both in our top 12. So he's a guy that's going to be a, a draft capital guy. But after that, no, there's, there's not a lot to talk about. I mean, Rakeem Jarrett is, is a guy that we both have, what, 16, 17. I mean, I liked him in Maryland, but then there's the, you know, I have Dante Demas there, who's the big body guy in Maryland. You start thinking about two Maryland guys that I'm, talking about and you know what's what's why's to his little brother not shining a little bit better <laughs> at, at maryland with with these two guys but they're not high-end guys but they've <laughs> been on the radar for a few years parker watching you want to talk about little but big 510 215 and that's a prototype running back built for for the wide receiver but you know he's i think also limited you know in his in his outs as a receiver you have him at 15 i have him at 18 so you know under that, I mean, I saw you have Andre. I do not know how to pronounce Iasovas. Would assume he's, you know, a senior bowl guy, supposed to be super fast. He's got upside. And then Ronnie Bell, underperformer at Michigan. Talk about how you rank Michigan guys low. I mean, I don't even have him in my top 20. You do have him there. I have Trey Palmer, who was a, an LSU transfer to Nebraska, who had a massive season this past year. Um, again, lean, six foot, only 171, but I like the player. Um, so just some names throughout there. We both had Rashi Rice in the middle. Didn't say him. I already mentioned Marvin Mims, who I have higher than you. There's there's not a ton of omissions, just where we have them right now. Um, so if there's anyone you wanted to talk about in particular, let me know. I have Rashi Rice at 13. I would like to put him lower, but I can't <laughs> justify it. Um, I, I like Mingo. I like Jonathan Mingo. Uh, you know, I have that that pack of small guys at 9, 10, 11. You, you could convince me to bump Mingo above that group. Um, and Rakeem Jarrett, you, you'd mentioned a bit, um, 
I, another kind of Debbie guy that I had stashed in a league a couple of years ago and was kind of trending upward and then didn't <laughs> just the trend stopped. So th- there's a couple, this draft is full of names. I, I think at the end of rookie drafts, you're going to look at your draft and feel good about it. Like, Oh, I ended up getting Hakeem, Hakeem Jarrett too. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think the, the, Talent or production is going to match your satisfaction with the name value in this group. Yeah, I don't just speak. There's names we've heard for a long time that, yeah, I don't think are ultimately going to be quote unquote difference makers uh, in the NFL. So I'm there with you. Um, no real, no real argument as far as any of those guys are concerned. The wide receiver position to me, a lot of it is going to be combine and draft capital. Um, yeah, you know, outside yeah. of the top, probably. I, I'm gonna. It's gonna be hard for me to move off Zay Flowers. I really like not the. <laughs> Man crushing Zay Flowers already. I think he'll get. He's going to go by round two. I mean, I think there's a world where he could get late day one capital. He is, but he mocked definitely in the be, first round yeah, in a bunch. Yeah, he will definitely be drafted in the second round. And I just love his game. Um, so I, that capital alone and just his frame and the way he competes, I think that that can work in the NFL. Um, he was BC's offense, you know, and, and still productive. I would like him to be. And you know, if he was two inches taller, if he was five eleven, one eighty two. Oh yeah! I, I, oh my goodness! I, yeah, you know, I'd be, be trying to find out who in the top three I'm getting out of there to, <laughs> to get him in. But I mean, just that little bit of height does matter, um, you know, as far as you know, true ceiling uh, for a player. He's just not really going to be a huge red zone threat, except you know, in you know, scheme dependent ways. He's not catching fades in the end zone. I mean, so you're just not you're not looking, you know, he's not going to be a first read end zone guy, you know, yeah. but that doesn't mean he can't be super productive. So one um, one guy near the top we didn't talk about just to kind of throw his name out there a little bit. And so I have him at four, Jalen Hyatt, you have him at five. Do you know he is Lance Zerline's number one receiver in this class? And in more than one NFL mock, I have seen him as the first wide receiver taken. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, Bolitnikoff award winner. Um, like I said, I mean, is, he he was what Cedric Tillman was supposed to be for Tennessee this year. He's a burner. Um, you know, reporter going to run in the four threes. Um, had a massive season, almost thirteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns for for Tennessee, which largely came out of nowhere. He he he, he exploded this past year. Wasn't really productive his first two years, but yeah, I mean, I think how he profiles um, in the NFL is probably why Lance Airline has them there is because now, his we, one how, trick is elite, right? And it's speed. It's deep speed. Um, I, I don't know that he's as complete a receiver as some of these other guys are, but I couldn't rank him too low. I don't think he'll ever be a volume guy. And, and that's my concern. He'll, he'll have to be a yardage and touchdown guy, which he can be. Um, and if he gets draft capital, he's going to get opportunity. Um, I just don't ever think he'll be volume. So, no, just no, I don't think either of us are disrespecting him at four or five. I just don't you know what else he could be, which scares the shit out of me, is mm. the next Kevin White. <laughs> like, you know, mm. just has this one really good year, goes, blows the combine out of the water. I have him at four, but he is probably even out of my top 13, 14, top 12. The, the biggest red flag out of all those guys. Is him? Yeah, I mean, he like that. Zayline rarely swings and misses, yeah, you know, that egregiously. So, I mean, he's probably going to get the capital um, uh, as well. So, 
he'll get drafted. He's probably going to be a late first round pick in rookie drafts. Um, you know, so if you like him, that's where you're, you're not going to probably get him in the second round. So he's going to go to a, a good team, even a dynasty good team, yeah. which isn't the worst thing in the world. I just don't think he's ever going to profile as a volume guy. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got the biggest bust potential out of anybody in this top <clears throat> 10. Yes. Yeah, I, I do not disagree with that uh, at all. But, you know, what do we know? <laughs> Nothing. What does anybody know? What <laughs> <laughs> the NFL yeah. does every year. And they got millions into it. We're just a couple dummies with a spreadsheet. Oh, I'm better than most NFL talent evaluators. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put that on. I'll put that on tape. Yeah, you know, I uh, I will put my I'll put my rankings up against anyone's big board big NFL big board. Yeah, yeah, that these guys get paid tons of money for. You know, but you know, I think it's probably more of a slight on big NFL than it is on little fantasy forty. True story, but that that All should right, do well, it. Anybody that else is the first pass. Boom, 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 boom. Now I think we talked about probably more than we should have today. Um, but that's how exciting it is. You know, you're going to get some names out there. Yeah. You got to be first, right? You got to be first. You got to be different in the market. So <laughs> if we don't say a guy's name now and anyone else ever mentions him, you, you can't claim him anymore. I mean, he's, you know, he's already been vetted, you know, so we got to, we got to, we had to put some names out in the ether today. You know, we'll, uh, continue to grind away. We're going to have some guests on, you know, from the Debbie, um, community that are going to be able to speak more eloquently about some of these guys, educate us a little bit, probably move our rankings a little bit. Like you said, the combine's coming up. We always do a post-combine shakeup of our rankings. Then we do a post-NFL draft. So, you know, this is first pass, you know, for us. This is this is what we what we saw in limited tape study and, and evaluation, some mocks, things of that nature. We all use we both use different qual, qual, uh, criteria to generate our first pass, but we're extremely fluid. You know, we understand that, you know, testing matters and then draft capital is is super important for a lot of these guys. So it is fluid but it's an exciting time to be talking dynasty. Most exciting time of the year, but it so is. that will do it for us, for myself, John Debari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. So I don't yeah. care. <laughs> uh, again, John, you know, we, we live in the minority <laughs> at this point. So, and, but he, the other, my thing too, is I, everyone's just full of shit. Like all these people that are like, can you believe it? You're going to tell me, I'm going to go through all your emails and texts. And there's not, I, I mean, of course there's, <laughs> People that fall in every category, but you're telling me, Mister Holier than thou asshole. There's not a single quote unquote offensive thing in your telephone. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean the the holier than thou, you know, response of people. It's like settle down a little bit. Yeah, you know, the fell outrage <laughs> that comes from every quarter <laughs> of the internet. <clears throat> Logging off for the day. Those are the only people I'm happy to see get canceled. The people who are like, you know, 
whatever for three years talk about everybody then all of a sudden there's you know text gets leaked or something you're like oh look at asshole look at this guy yeah oh it's a shame it's a shame to see this happen to you people <laughs> they live forever <laughs> dummy <laughs> oh, i love it yeah i love I, it i'm excited when those guys get in trouble well, yeah, I mean, as should anyone be, you know, but it should also level set the rest of these idiots out there to be like, oh, maybe I should, maybe I should turn it down a notch. Yeah, maybe, they don't. Maybe, no, no, they go harder. You know, it's like, oh, someone's got to step into that void left by big idiot number one. They're like, There's a chance I could be <laughs> the, the, the one I've the seen sad, uh, the talking piece for this issue. The one that I see all the time <clears throat> is uh, it's, it's usually um, <clears throat> women that are like. You should you shouldn't body shame other women and you know everybody's beautiful in their own way and their own size and all this and then as soon as a guy says something they're like loser with a little dick you're like wait a minute wait a minute now <laughs> what just happened <laughs> you just told me for fucking four months to everybody is set this everyone is cool that this is the trust tree yeah we're yeah. the trust tree every everyone's. <laughs> Unique body is special, but now this guy, you don't like him, so right, right to his little dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take those legs out every so often. <laughs> it's the fucking craziest shit ever. People are nuts. That's fantastic. Oh, man. Oh, I need this every week, John. Every single week. <laughs> Whether we have something to talk about or not, we will find it. We should start a second podcast. It's nothing to do with fancy football. I'm in. <laughs> like streams of consciousness. You know? And we just there's just there's always something to talk about. Yeah, we 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 turn anything into an hour. I mean <laughs> we're just bullshitting. Imagine if we actually looked at a paper for ten minutes before we start. <laughs> ah, we would never talk about football. There was a, uh, I texted my aunt and uncle that live in Florida. Somehow. It wasn't where they live. So it was closer to Miami. Some 85-year-old woman got eaten by a gator yesterday or today. Walking her dog. <laughs> I told my aunt and uncle, I'm like, oh, they got a taste for seniors down there. They know it's <laughs> slim big and can't get away. Fucking look out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of all your dogs. Oh, they're just, just going to hold you back. I would never. I, I wouldn't Put have a dog harm's way. there. I'm not going to have a dog anywhere. Listen. Zero. Zero dogs. I literally just had this conversation the other day because everyone else wants a dog in this house. I go, well, none of you have any say. It's me. I'm, I'm the only one that decides whether a dog comes <laughs> into this house or not. Like, this is, this, is a, <laughs> this is a monarchy as far as dogs are concerned. And I rule no <laughs> dogs in the kingdom <laughs> because I ain't taking care of it. I ain't doing it. I go, listen, this litter box sits here in shambles with the two cats we have until I take care of it every week. And that's passive. Like imagine having to actively do this shit every day. None of you want anything to do with this. You want all the other shit that comes with a dog. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, cleaning up after the, the things that are already in this house. I can't. I've never stroke. Just thinking about it. A couple of years ago, um, <laughs> I was thinking of getting the kids bearded dragons for Christmas. 
I was like, it's fucking, it's a lizard. I don't you know how hard is this? Then I looked it up. Like you got to feed that fucking, you have to feed it. Like, like I'm used to like, you know, I'm thinking like turtles and snakes and shit where you <laughs> eat once a week. You know what I mean? Nobody, you got to feed that thing every day. And it's like the, the, the bearded dragon prefers fresh greens daily you're like greens i'm not a motherfucker i ain't buying <laughs> kale and chopping it up for a fucking bearded dragon and chopping I, up apples you can kiss my ass oh, yeah i assumed it was crickets or something for a bearded dragon they i think they eat that too. yeah you okay. have to just, just so they need a balanced out. diet okay so they need they need all that stuff <laughs> okay. fuck you bearded dragon we went to a house when we were looking to buy and the sellers, like their kid had a bearded dragon in its room and the room smelled like absolute asshole. Just, just a giant, just foul, funky asshole. And I was like, one, we're not buying this house. Two, I'm never get my kids a lizard. <laughs> just, just, the die has been cast in two situations. It was disgusting. Well, they, my daughter always, can I get a hamster? Can I get a, now she asked me for a ferret the other day. And I called my son in the room and I go, both of you, look, look at your dog. Can you see that dog? <laughs> That's the last fucking pet you're ever going to have. Do you know <laughs> you have a dog? <laughs> you There's a dog in this house. <laughs> and right I said, there. This is it. This is the last dog I will own or any animal. I said, if you want anything, you can wait till you move the fuck out of here. I go, not happening ever again. 